Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new set of windows or a new door can do a lot of things for you. Change the look change the feel, the vibe of your home, but most importantly, it can add value to your home and make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. And the, Working with the people of Pella, second to none. So now is the time. Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Give them a ring, 402-493-1350, or check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Dot com And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good pals at Runza. If you haven't taken advantage of it, you need to because the Reuben Runza sandwich is officially available in all Runza locations. It is everything you love about a Reuben wrapped up inside the greatness of a Runza sandwich. So get to Runza today. Like, stop everything you're doing right now and keep listening to the pod and then drive and go get yourself a Reuben Runza. And while you're there, tell them your pal, Nick Bob, sent you. Okay, uh, it has been way too long since I've had Bo Robert Rude on the podcast, and uh, you know, finally our schedules have both kind of allowed for us to be able to get together. And of course, you know what ensued: Wine Pod. We talked about a bunch of different things, a lot of Nebraska football talk because it's been a little while since we've talked about some Husker football stuff. You know, then we get into some March Madness memories, and of course, a bunch of nonsense and laughter. We, all that happens when you consume a bottle of wine and you do a podcast with Bo Robert Root. That's pretty much what happens. So without further ado, let's get to it. Yours truly, Bo Root, Wine Pod. Enjoy. All right, here we go. It is a wine pod, but this is a... Uh, can we just can we be honest? Bo Robert Root's here. First of all, a couple of things. We're not in the normal pod room. We're in my screened-in deck because we're recording this on... Is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday, right? It's Tuesday. Tuesday, March 9th. We got together at 4 o'clock, and we started talking, and next thing you know, it's 6 o'clock, and we were supposed to, you know, the whole point of the wine pod is to drink the wine during the podcast, but we've, we have let, we've said, you know, you want to have a few, like, a little bit before you turn on the mics. We have basically finished this bottle of wine, and now we're going to record the podcast, so this isn't very smart. It's not smart, but we, this is a new this is a new attempt here, a new try. I think I, we we try to you know go at it from every angle. Yes. This way, we're going to try most of the wines down. Now we're talking. Maybe that's what people want because I think all people really want is to hear us a little tipsy and a little drunk. Yeah, the back and, half of the show is usually the best part. Yes, so like I'm telling you right now, it's already happened. Like we have, <laughs> really in all reality, we, we can say we each have one glass left, but this is like a half a glass left. Oh yeah, I mean. And this bottle of wine is completely gone. Our wives are going to be waiting for us. We're going to be late for dinner for sure. My wife is already, she's doing mulch <laughs> in the backyard with my five-year-old. She's working. <laughs> and she, so she is not happy she just gave me the classic like the passive aggressive like have you guys started recording yet like yeah. a way oh. of, like, will you guys quit just talking and but i haven't we haven't seen each other and hung out in a long time you have been on the road calling basket we, we counted i think 40 
I, for, 40 I had, games so on I did this 30, year. And more than 10 got canceled. Yeah, so you had 40 games, 10 got canceled, but you did 30 games yes. in the last, call it what, three and a half, four months? Yeah. Since November 25th, which basically, so, so since just, it's been nuts. And the thing that's been made it more nuts is, you know, this is the first year of the Charlotte thing of calling games because of COVID, you're doing it out of the studio in Charlotte. So, you know, there were a couple times I would call Creighton games from Charlotte. So I would have been in, you know, normally it, would, it wouldn't have required a flight and a hotel or whatever. So like, it felt like I traveled more than usual because I did travel more than usual because, you know, I went to Charlotte four, five, six times or whatever. So, yeah, it's been – it's it's kind of wild to have this thing now be uh, be completed. But we haven't seen each other. Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen each other. I think we, we found time for maybe one pod in January. I don't even know. I went through – I was trying to research. I'm like, what's the last pod Bo and I even did? What – because there has been a sneaky a little bit of Husker news that have, yeah. have occurred since we've last talked. We're not. I don't think we can go through everything, but do we want to start with Husker stuff before we get too hammered and talk yes, about stupid be, stuff? That'd be a good place and, to start. From. And I think people, you know, like the reality is, like on on when you're watching Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, they bring out Brad Pitt first, and then the comedian you've never heard of at the end, right? <laughs> yeah, the one a.m. shift on like, even like <laughs> think of Saturday Night Live. They're they're playing the hits to start out with, and then the last. The last sketch is usually like it's usually they're like, hey, let's uh, let's take a wild swing here. Yeah, with something somebody stupid. gets a wild try, but it's not the the best stuff is the first doing, three or four episodes. When Sherry O'Terry and Will Ferrell on set, they're doing the Spartan cheerleaders <laughs> within the first two to three sketches. Yeah, they do the they always do a political to start out usually cold open cold open. Then it's like their monologue monologue best the best two sketches are usually to start out with one of those commercials in between. Right. And so we need to apply that here. What people really want probably is some semblance of Nebraska talk, and then we'll get into whatever. I wrote a bunch of stuff down. The beauty of this is we're drinking wine, and there's not necessarily a pressing thing that yeah. we got to discuss or an event that we need to di- dissect, I have good. I have not talked Husker football with anybody in probably a couple weeks. Okay, so this well is then, good. This is perfect because sometimes – you have pent up thing. Is there anything that's happened that you're like, I really want to talk about that, but I'll put it in in your corner. Or if you don't, then I have something we can get into. Let's Is there start anything? with you. you okay. Get, you, well, the first you thing I, wanted, I wrote down because it's funny how things land for the fan base, and I've talked about this a little bit on my podcast. But Jason Peter and Jay Foreman joining the program as volunteers. Yep. It's funny how that lands for certain sections of the fan base. Cer- certain sections of the fan base are like, man, start the ring sizing now and get it all. Where are we parading, man? We're going to start on Dodge Street and make it all the way to O Street? What we doing? You know? Yeah. There's some people that are that. And then there are some people that are like, man, you got to stop living in the past, yeah. man. You got to move on. It's not 1995 anymore. What I guess, I, you know Jay. You know Jason. I think sometimes we outthink this stuff. Like these guys, they just want to help. They just want to help. Yeah, I like, I didn't I didn't think much of it actually. I I, I kind of thought the more you know good influences you can have on 150 kids, the better. Like right. If you could have 
let's say 20 more players around all the time i mean great like it's 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 a good thing right it's a good thing to have like the high quality character guys around kind of helping a generation of kids that maybe like it, it's not the same right it's just not the same kind of like mentality right so it's good to be have those guys around so th- there's no downside and i don't think there's any reason to also overthink it like like this is going to be the reason now that's the it's reason gonna... like it's just a it's a small part that that is a positive but but small parts add up you yes, know correct. so for for you did you have anybody because i do think it is important i don't know if, how this was for you cuz sometimes if you're going through something or you're frustrated or whatever sometimes you don't want to go to a and i'm doing air quotes an actual coach you're a little scared yeah. to maybe go to, like, when you were playing, you probably didn't want to go to Frank or to Bill Callahan with something you were maybe going through. And sometimes it's nice to have someone else that is, like, a liaison or go-between between yeah. the coach. They're not quite, like, the coaches, but they're coaches, you know? Like, yeah, I think that I, I think that helps, and especially for football, where you're dealing, like you said, you're dealing with 150 people if – Jay Foreman or Jason Peter can help one or two or three guys experiences and fight through something or whatever. Like that's a positive thing. Exactly. I think you just you have more people there um, that kind of get to like to get to put some influence on uh, on those situations that happen. Right. So. Coaches can't be there when they're working out. Those guys are going to be in there when they're yes, working out. Yes, Jason's so, going to be in the weight room. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be in the weight room. And then even when you're on the field, like a coach can talk to one guy at a time. And so, you know, these guys are just kind of walking around. Like, it just helps keep people engaged. And like I said, those little moments, those things add up. I think those are it's a, it's a net positive. But it's also not like you don't go size the rings because you add a couple <laughs> former players right. as volunteers. Yeah. Like, they're volunteers. They're not there full time. It's it's a part time thing. Um, the guys that you know, you look at Foreman and Peter. Like, I'm gonna assume they're just successful in their life and they have time to volunteer. That's right. not normal. Not everybody can do that. Sure. These are guys that have been successful, good players, like successful in life. They can come help. Great. Yeah. It. But I also think you know. We you know we talk about how. It's, it helps to have the players have someone to go between two. I also think those guys, Jason and Jay, could maybe have conversations with players that the coaches can't have. True. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, maybe be more candid about something or get into something. You, you, you know, like, so I also think it can go both ways. What What is it like? Because one of the things I was thinking about I wanted to ask you with with kind of this on the mind, but not it's not completely dealing with this. Like one thing that's weird for me with Creighton is, you know, I'm not too far removed. Like I'm still there's still people involved with the program that I that are were there when I was there. Yeah. So things have changed but not completely. Like a lot of the the support people there when Dane Alton was there are still there. And I've obviously developed a great relationship with Greg McDermott. I'm still around the program. I know all the coaches, all that stuff. So there's always a desire to protect the program when you're a former player. What's that process been like you? Because obviously now we all know about your brother being back on staff. What's that been like for you? Because it was like, okay, you went from Callahan to Bo. Polini, you know Bo. But then Riley, you don't know Riley. Where – 
there's not maybe that connection with the people. I guess what I'm getting at, because I think there's a lot of people that always wonder what it's like for former players. Because, you know, Bill Moose had a quote at one point of taking issue with, apparently some former players have been a little more critical of the program. I'm not even sure who he's maybe necessarily getting at. But it's always interesting the influence that former Huskers have yeah. with painting a narrative, shaping a narrative, creating a climate. What's that like for you? You've always been a guy that is default to supportive. Yeah. But what's that what's that like for a role for a former player in protecting the program publicly or whatever that is? Yeah, I mean, I think um I mean, it's funny. I think this is my first, you know, doing doing this podcast yeah. is probably my first step into like having a um a, a voice. A public voice on Husker football. But I mean, before that, I always leaned you know, protect the program, and I I still will. I think yeah. it's almost it's almost even less as a former player, as just like a a Nebraska fan that I was born and raised. I think you always default protect the program, whatever right. that means. That doesn't mean you can't be honest in your in criticism, but I also I think there's a line that you can cross. It is like this will cause problems for the program right like and tommy I, frazier i think has crossed that line a couple times with some of the things yeah i mean and, yeah. and tommy if anybody's you know earned Earn the, the right, right to yeah. say whatever the heck you want to but um it's also like uh, you know there is that responsibility it's like what's that doing for the program is that going to help it or is going right. to hurt it like and i think most of the time criticism um hurts it unless it's like you know there's there's somebody there that really is um a cancer that's not being like like oh that guy like why won't somebody say something about that guy like and so that that's where um that's maybe the only place for criticism but i'm i'm always really really slow to criticize yes and, and i you, can vouch for that because you I've have had... to earn it times 10 before i even right before i stop trying to defend you because so. I, because, and I can vouch for that because I've had numerous conversations just hanging out. Like you've always been, your default has been protect the program, support, and yeah, it's just a weird. I was curious what that was like for you because it's just, I think, it's a weird one of the one of the great things about Frost coming back is that he's a former player. Yeah, and one of the hard things about Frost coming back is that he's a former player. And you know what it is? Not everybody on a football team loves everybody, nope. you know? Like, And so it creates this weird dynamic with certain former players or whatever. Uh, but the Jason and Jay thing, I mean, listen, it can only, it, it can only help. Like you said, it's not – I don't. is this going to be the difference between your, you know, figuring out where the championship parade is going to be or not? Obviously not. Uh, but I think it can only help. Did you think – one of the things I also – and maybe these guys, this is what they got to say. Both those guys have gone on the record in the Journal Star or the World Herald or on 1620. Both those guys have said that when they've gotten inside the walls and in the weight room and seeing the guys, that they feel like the talent is there. Like, Well, and, and I also uh, – this, is this I think, was from uh, Jay Foreman. Yeah. Said something along the lines of he was kind of almost expecting that they weren't going to be working hard. Right. And he said – those guys work hard. Like I think right. Duval and just Duval's got them working hard. Like there, there's a lot of things going right. Um, that when you get, you know, I think from the outside you go, oh, are we doing things right? Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, not would, sure, right? right? So I think it's good to hear that, right? It's good to hear that, like the that. Okay, you see some talent. 
you see really hard work. Now, there's some something's missing. That's it's, it's putting. What do we need to do to put it all together? But I think that's the part that when me and you have been doing these, you know, recaps Recap pods and, all that stuff. and we talk about Husker football all the time. There's something that we're trying to put our finger on that we're not exactly sure what it is between talent, culture, coaching, and winning that is just like we can't get the W's we want right now. So yeah, because that because okay, that's a because I I I had a long podcast chat with Dirk Chatlin, and Dirk had an because one of the questions I asked Dirk was. Is Nebraska closer than we actually think? My eyes tell me that they're not, but they're actually the results kind of tell me that they maybe are. Where it's like I think what is it? Frost has uh, of his twenty losses at Nebraska, twelve are by one score or less. Yes. Like so, you kind of look at the results. You go, well, maybe the result says that they are closer than you think. But I think what you're what we're getting at is like, what's that thing that isn't happening between okay, working hard, weight room, talent. This, that, that, for whatever reason, on Saturdays, they're not on the right end of the scoreboard. And yeah. so Dirk said something really interesting, though, that I want to bounce off you. He said, and I tried to go back and listen to it and write it down. He said, sometimes I think we confuse inconsistency with a lack of concentration. Or is it because they just aren't as good or as talented? Like, sometimes we, does that make sense? Like I, I listened to that podcast when I was in California, so I, it was a great, that was a really good podcast. It was a good one. And yeah. I thought, like, because it kind of, that, something about that comment, if you ever have someone say something to you and it's like, it it kind of cuts you at, like, what what you've been thinking about, like, it, yeah. I guess what it is, it, it kind of pinned me down to be like, you know what, I think I'm doing that. I think I am doing, like, this holding penalty and this fumble and it's that you're not concentrating where it's like, no, the, the best players concentrate the same amount. They just are better and they don't make that mistake. And so, so that's what's weird. Like somebody Dirk saying that maybe be like, you know what? Maybe the answer to is Nebraska closer than we think or not. Maybe the answer is, yeah, they're, they're not close. I would say, I would say it's, it's here's what, this is where it's tough. I think it's 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 a combination, right? Yes. It's a combination. I, I don't think we're just like we're so much less talented. I think there's like a combination of we're talented in, to a degree. Maybe not maybe not at the positions that we need to be though. That's what I was just going to say. And that's where it's like I, I if we're taking a hard look I mean, I think in where we're seeing is the offensive skill positions have not necessarily um, flourished yet in in three years under Frost. Uh, I mean, I guess the first year, the first year it was like that's it was so weird about it, it was clicking it's, a little bit more, yeah. and that's where we're we're having trouble trying but, to make sense. But of the it. last two years, like offensive skill stuff, it's, I would lean towards saying that is more the issue than it is like. Those guys don't concentrate. I, I don't know that. I don't think that's the case. It's. I'm trying to think of what the right analogy is, and because I've had wine, I'm coming up with dumb. There's analogies. no analogies after this much wine. I mean, but but like, <laughs> but I think what we're real, you know, like so so Jay, because I'm glad I'm glad you said that stuff. That quote stuck out. You like, man, they work hard. Um, the talent's there, but I think like 
you can do everything right. I can open a restaurant and the everything's right. The, the chef is perfect. The ambiance is perfect. The name is perfect. The, all this stuff. But like, if you don't have utensils or chairs at this restaurant, like it's not going to work. So I guess what I'm saying is like, you or can do, it's a bad piece of steak or it's a bad, or it's bad meat, right? Like, yeah, you get so a great steak. Is it utensils or the fork or is it a bad piece of meat? And right. that's what we're trying to figure out. But, but I, so what, what, however you want to say, whatever's void, what I, what I think of what you just said a second ago is what I think it is. I think the brass is doing everything right, but there are certain critical spots that haven't been filled. Yeah. That's what I think. I think it's pass rusher, wide receiver, running back. I think if though, like, I think, I, I think in all reality, listen, they're not Bama, they're not Ohio State, but I think they're actually doing a lot of things right. Yeah. But like we're saying with this restaurant analogy, if you don't have high quality meat or if you don't have utensils or you don't have chairs at your table, hey, sorry, you got to stand at this five star restaurant while you're, you know, like, it's not going to be as good. It's not going to. It's going to fall short of what it can be. So, like when I, because Jay and and Jason said, "Hey, the talent's there," and it's like when I first heard that, I was like, I disagreed with it. And I think what I disagreed with is like specific spots. Yeah, like that's what I, that's what I think it is. Yeah, I, I think I think we have enough talent to win seven eight games. Right. Like, I, I don't see our talent as like, oh, this is a twelve and zero talent. No talent. You know. Uh, level team but there is something there is something that has been wrong with this that we like I say I think it's the positions that don't have the right talent and then there's just there are some things with you know culture and confidence and doing the little things right you know um, we talk we talked to death about you know game management stuff that they need to be better at right, right? We, we definitely we can't look past that but um, I, I think that's that's been the hardest part for Nebraska fans is um, it's not as clear as it usually is with with these other you know let's let's look at the last twenty years on what's the problem right and I think we're trying to find what it is because we we're losing games by a thread and we feel like we're not playing well in those games which means like play a little bit better and you win. Because it's just you know, bizarre. It's, so it's bizarre weird. when you watch these games and you watch you watch Nebraska play at Northwestern and you go, Nebraska's better than they are, and they lose. And Northwestern goes on to have an amazing season and almost like give Ohio State a game in the Big Ten title game. Yeah, that that's that's how close go, we are, but how far we are away at the same see, time. See, and here, here's what I think it is. This is what I wrote down as you were talking. When there's, because this is what I think, and again, this might be the wine talking. It probably the is. wine's always the talking. Wine <laughs> is this Nick talking or the wine talking? It's also what a gorgeous day. We're in my screened in deck. That life is good. But here's what I think. You know it what is. the Bee Gees would say, "Talk I, about that wine I, talking." <laughs> but <laughs> when certain spots, when it's not right at certain positions, you don't win. And winning breeds winning, and when those spots aren't quite there, it shines a bright light on the management stuff. So yeah. I think it all goes back to what I'm saying of like when you're when you don't have the critical pieces, you better be really good at all that other stuff. And I think the reality is they're not quite 
good enough in some of those spots. But if they were if they were good in those certain spots, it wouldn't shine as big of a light on some of that management stuff. Well, and, and, th- and you got to remember, think about Scott Frost. Came from Oregon, UCF. They're running this Oregon up tempo style, and when you got the horses. It works, and it works really well, and it erases all the other things that you have to deal with. Right. And the problem is as soon as those horses, we didn't have them in the right spots in this offense, we couldn't run the offense. And it's sort of like it showed the areas that like they totally. didn't manage the game That's, as you're good. You're so right. You're they so didn't right. do this as well on defense and their penalties. Like, in you're special so right. Teams, where, like, it wouldn't have mattered, I don't think, if we would have just like won games by doing what they were doing. Um, but we've now had to like bring out the microscope and go, what's that? What's that? What's that? Where it with Oregon and UCF, they didn't have to do, that, to do that ever because because okay, okay, you had a false start and a this and a that. Well, then you handed it to someone, he took eighty to the house, whatever. Or you do all that stuff. Well, it doesn't matter because you you average fifty points a game. Yeah. So or, it, or Mariota goes for seventy, or Milton just crafts a play a bomb and, or whatever. You know, like because I even think for basketball, you're seeing that a little bit like. You know, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, all those teams are like borderline. I mean, Kentucky's not going to make the NCAA tournament. Bad this They're year. like bad. And so you sit there and go, okay, did Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, and Coach K all of a sudden forget how to coach? Or do they just not have the, the right pieces and all of a sudden some of maybe their management stuff – becomes problematic because they don't have Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson, you know, and Marcus let, Page and let Tyler me just say something. When Coach K is coaching Team USA in the Olympics, like, they do fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Or, or, that, that's, like, that's the stuff people got to keep in mind is, like, there's personnel stuff and there's, like, there's team culture, game management, you know, systems philosophy like there's two sides of the coin like totally you got to be good at both but like if you got the horses it takes care of a lot and that's what, that's what i, I think, think the is. point we're making is we got some of the horses we're like a couple off in certain positions now where we then have to basically overcompensate and be like perfect on the other side right give me you're a band guy give me a band that is just like the band is all in like do you have what lead singer is there covers some, up for a shitty covers band. Covers up for a band. Or, or even a band, even that band is good and like you need, like, but it's still that lead singer has to take them up. Oh, well, so I would say that, like, so because I think it goes both ways. You can say, like, a great lead singer can come up for a shitty band, but also you can have a great, you can have a great say, bass guitarist, drummer, all this stuff. Everything would be great, but if you don't have the right lead singer, the band's not going to pop. That's a good question. That's that's one we're going to have to take a deep, deep think That's on. not a question you ask when you drink a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, but not like, after your bottle of I keep on going, but, like, the, like... I can't think of any. I mean, I'm thinking of like Maroon Five or like they got a pretty good band. Actually. They got a good it's band. James though. Valentine playing guitar. I just remember on the the movie Almost Famous, it's like the guitarist Russell was his name is Russell Hammond, and yeah. he was he was like above the band. He was like, hey, I'm I'm past these guys now. So right. I think his music, um, yeah. I mean, I think that's like an example of like, but you you get the point of what I'm trying to make of like. 
You can, they you can have everything up. in yeah. place, but if you don't have the right specific lead singer, it's not going to pop. And yeah. I think the more I think about Nebraska, I think they have a lot. They have a, they've done a lot of things right, but they don't have certain spots that are critical to what they want to well, do. Well, and, and we'll see this year. I mean, Adrian Martinez is. Um, I'm not writing him off yet. As funny as as, as we've we've been on his case. Oh yeah, we, we've been on, we've been Ross and Ross and Rachel, like he's she. Adrian Martinez is Rachel. We're Ross, or vice versa. We're on again, off a, again. Yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's, it's a, a love. It's like we <laughs> we were on a break with Luke McCaffrey. We uh, <laughs> what was that? Was that Emily? The girl who yeah, was yeah, Emily, yeah. the British girl, and then Rachel got really jealous. But we knew we'd come back to Rachel. We'd come Ultimately, back. Ultimately, Ross and Rachel were meant to end up together, and that's how it kind of feels like. And well, so, Adrian Martinez has the this runway. Is the again. conversation. I hope this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> hey, our, drink a bottle of wine before you listen to this. Maybe that's and what it will make people. sense. Yeah, like you know, drunk, two drunk guys. The two most hammered guys in the bar are the only two people that understand each other, yeah. right? Like, so that's maybe what this needs to be. But, but, it, it, but, but I think in all reality, we. It, it's true. Okay, so this will bridge me into another thing I want to ask you. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast, talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. You know, putting in you know new door, new windows. It's exciting, but sometimes you don't even know where to begin. Let me help you out. First of all, you got to go with Pella. And when you go with Pella, there are a couple of directions you can go from there. You can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right, free, F-R-E-E. You're going to get a Pella expert out to sit down with you, take a look at your home, and they're going to be able to put a game plan together that fits your budget, your wants, and your needs. Or you can head out to their showroom. Showroom's available in Lincoln and in Omaha, and the showroom's really cool. You Sometimes it helps to actually see the window and see the door uh, to get a better feel of exactly what you're going to be putting into your home. So the showroom's a great place to start as well. Any direction you go, just know the Pella can 100% provide window and door solutions to any home. Check them out online, Pella Omaha. Dot com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. If you haven't done it yet, you need to take advantage of the brand new menu item that is available. And it's the Reuben Runza sandwich. It is every single thing you love about a Reuben wrapped up inside the greatness of a Runza sandwich. And I've just, one thing I've loved watching over the years with Runza is how they have evolved the Runza sandwich into it. There's a vegetarian Runza, you know, there's like a black bean Runza. There's there's so many different kinds of Runzas. And guess what? They're all fantastic because there's just nothing quite like the greatness of a Runza sandwich. And if you're a Reuben lover and you're a Runza lover, well, guess what? The Reuben Runza, is, you're, it's going to blow your mind. You're going to love it. So get to Runza today and try the new Reuben Runza sandwich. And while you're there, tell them your pal Nick Baugh sends you. Okay, back to the podcast. You bring up Martinez. Should Nebraska, and I think Frost has said that he's waiting until the end of spring to see where he's at, should Nebraska go get another quarterback? So right now on the roster, you'd have Martinez, Logan Smothers, and then Heinrich Harburg as your kind of like that's your three deep at the quarterback spot. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden you sit there and you go, okay, if Martinez goes down, which he has pretty much every year, he's been a starter. Yeah. All of a sudden now, does that quarterback situation get like, oh my gosh, what do you do? Do they need to bring in somebody? How do you see that uh, situation? I I'm not opposed to it. I, I think I think here's in my opinion. This is Martinez's team next year. 
oh, ride yeah. or die. But Come if on. you if you got a a Peyton Ramsey, um, Noah Vedral in the mar- in in the transfer portal, I, that's just an insurance. That's an insurance piece. Like you can't be. This isn't a shot on Martinez. This is like an insurance that like I don't know anything about Smothers, and we don't want right. a, a true freshman. Like, Carberg's not ready. To, I mean, I wouldn't think he's ready to go. No, get he his, needs a couple yeah. years to develop. Um, and he'd probably tell you that right now. Right. So that basically means you got two quarterbacks. Like you need three. So if you got a veteran quarterback that could run this system, um, see, but, he, but what's hard about that is what in the transfer portal portal there probably isn't a lot of guys that are like, "Hi, I'm uh, Johnny Quarterback in the transfer portal. I'm willing to come to a situation where." I don't really care if I'm the starter. In fact, I'd like to just be a guy that is just makes you feel better on Saturday in case your starter goes down. Here, here's here's that's where, what made Vedral so damn attractive initially. Vedral yeah. seemed like he was just like, "Hey, man, I'm good." Here's here's where it would be attractive to somebody in the portal. Like, let's say we got, uh, you know, of around the country, spring ball happens, June rolls around, somebody gets dinged up. Ding or a beat out for a job, and it's a competitive oh, job. Okay, good yeah, player, yeah, right? Yeah. And you go, all right. Well, this guy's my my age or younger, and they maybe got multiple years left. I think somebody with multiple ah. years left comes in, and goes, all right. I like the system. I like Nebraska. It's a historic program. I think I'm the. I could play as soon as Martinez is gone. Like. And I see so, what you're if they look at Smothers and they look at Heiner uh, Harburg and they go, "I can beat out those guys," I can beat out those guys. Then they might say, "Let's come here and knowing that I got the next two or three years after that." So you know what's so frustrating though about this, and the, it's, it's it is what makes the quarterback situation unique, is then you worry about, well, what does Logan Smothers think of that? What does Heinrich Harburg think of that? And there does get to a point where it's like, man, if you are constantly having to worry about the guys that you already have in your program, worried like. I guess like you kind of you can't worry about that stuff, but it's hard for that not to cross your mind. It's hard. I think you got to. Um, here, here's I guess how I would take it. Pretty much across the board, if somebody's really good out there that can help your team, you should bring them in. the The only reason you don't is if you got somebody that's so good. That you're like, look, I got this guy. It's so good. It's right. so good that there's no reason to mess with that, right? But what we found out is like, we don't got anybody in our team that's that good. Yeah, like, why, why would, what is, and listen, I don't know. I've never watched Logan Smothers take a snap outside of highlight. Like, But like, it's also, you know, you got to earn the right for the coaching staff to alter how they recruit. Yeah. And... I think one thing we've learned is like you better you you better stop you can't ever have too many options and too much talent and if you have a guy so yeah I, I like I still think as crazy as it sounds I still felt like the Joe Burrow decision was the right decision to make because you felt like you had Martinez for four years at Ma- the time Martinez was and, good enough that first year he was he was damn good his fresh as a freshman he came in and did the things he did that's so impressive that like we all understood it. But I think the lesson for us was, if there's another Joe Burrow-ish type out there, you you can't worry about the feelings unless you are like 
totally like you better be convinced that guy like yeah. if, if the coaching staff all feel let's say the coaching staff all genuinely feels like Logan Smothers is the dude okay well then that like if everyone collectively is like yes th- then maybe yeah but if not and that's not necessarily have to be a knock on Logan Smothers because sometimes you don't know until you don't you know until you there. prove it yeah right. until you prove it you don't know so I I think I I understand how Mar- how Frost is approaching it because what you're talking about, I think there are a lot of people out there that are going to go through. They're going to go compete and see what happens, and they might land into somebody that is in an interesting situation that they just lost out on or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Ramsey's a great example because he, he got beat out in at Indiana and makes it to the Big Ten title game with Northwestern. Right. I mean, that's that's the power of the transfer transfer portal with quarterbacks is like you can you can get beat out and and then make it to a title it's game nuts, like right? it, I mean, that's Justin Fields yeah uh Kyler Murray transferred Jalen uh, Hurts like Jalen Hurts like all it's to just Oklahoma. it's crazy I mean, it's it truthfully is crazy so I think that's the right approach that Frost is taking it'll be interesting my guess if I had to guess it's like man, and this has nothing to like. Look, I, I, no shot at Heinrich Harburg or Logan Smothers or anything like that. Like, I just my guess is they want to go into. They'll ultimately want to go into next season with one more guy. I think. I, I don't think know. They're just they're light on quarterbacks right now. They're light on them. You know, they're they're extremely light on them. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's. I think that was the only. Those are the only two. You know, I wrote down another Nebraska thought, but we got plenty of time to get into that as this offseason progresses. I mean, is there any other Nebraska, pressing Nebraska things jumping out at you? Uh, so we just had our first recruit uh, commitment of the 2021 20, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. class. Is he a linebacker? Linebacker from Columbus. Really, I really like him, too. He's like a good kid. Ernest something? Ernest Houseman. Ooh. And he's a Columbus kid, but I, I think it's an important commitment for this. Is like the two kids from Omaha that – that didn't put Nebraska in their top five, which is surprising, very surprising. Um, I think it's really a positive thing to get a Nebraska commit on the board and sort of like – because this guy, we offered him, and then overnight a kid from Columbus, which is not often you get that much attention in Columbus, like, start getting offers from around the country. So, like, he had some big-time offers from right. around the country. And so it was, like, it was a reality. It's like you're trying to keep kids from Columbus that used to be, like, Columbus is the as much of a guarantee as you can. Right. I always say Columbus and Grand Island are probably, like, the most Husker-heavy like cities in right. in in our state. So like if you're even worried about Columbus, it's like, oh man. So we the good thing is like we're locking down the Nebraska some of the Nebraska like, you know, hotbeds and um because Omaha's the one place that's still like Omaha's the most it's Nebraska, but it's the most like if you think about a lot of the the in-state kids that have left the state, they're it's almost a, all from Omaha. Especially in our from our era, yeah. like you never left unless you were from Omaha, right? right? Like if you're from Lincoln, you went to Nebraska. If you're from, and I wonder what that is. I don't know. I mean, I, it's in, it's just it's interesting that Omaha happens to be the I mean, it's the biggest place, obviously the biggest city. Um, I have a theory on this though. Give it to me. Here's my theory. Okay, I want theories. Don't I want know these kids. Theories. Don't know these kids. Um. Might be great kids. 
Um, I assume they're. But you hate them because they're not going to Nebraska. So I don't know. There's, there's still. Hey, I still think there's a chance. Here's yeah, yeah, yeah. A chance, I mean, things right? can change. So these kids both put out their top, whatever lists. Um, it was in a year that we had a pandemic, and it was literally like the week after our like frozen snowstorm <laughs> and all their top picks were like warm weather states i'm like i hawaii. think these kids they're like hawaii uh key west university yeah, 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 yeah. uh san diego tech state <laughs> i don't think i think they just literally wanted to be like i'm going somewhere warm right. because it's freaking cold <laughs> Okay, I thought you were gonna have like a legitimate like no, that's deep my theory. rooted theory. But I uh, looked at their rec- I go, oh, they want to get out of the the cold. It was a brutal. It was a brutal it February. Brutal. And brutal. I completely, I'm because I was. Who would want to be here? Even I, I, I love this place, and I was like, get me the hell out of here. This I, place is. Awful. I made the greatest decision in my life. Me and my wife jumped in a car. Ugh. We drove across the country right before the storm, and we spent two weeks in Palm Desert, California. Ugh. It was 75 to 80 degrees every day. And that's when this these guys put out their lists. And I go, I go, honey, I go, look at this. I go, they don't want to be in Nebraska. I go, but look where they want to go. Somewhere warm. I go, I get it, right? I, I We actually, we stopped in uh, in Tempe. Yeah. And we stayed next to Arizona State. Yep. And I was walking around Arizona State campus around their stadium. And I was like, oh, man. I've I go, been on that campus because oh. Creighton played at Arizona State. Two years ago, and it's the middle of December. It was right before Christmas. You're walking around on campus. It's cactuses and palm trees, and it's 75 and sunny, and you're just kind of like uh, – it, it illustrates the uphill battle that Nebraska does have at times. Yeah. I mean, Nebraska should literally, like, recruit uh, – like, okay, we're doing all our visits from May <laughs> to, like, October – and you bring someone because, in in February? Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is if you go to here in February and then you go to Arizona State in February, you go, oh. This sucks. Yeah, that, like, that's our battle. But, like, our summers are great. Yeah. Our falls are great. Our springs are great. It's just our winters, for, for kids that don't want to be in the cold. No question. That's a battle. But, no question. Uh, side note on Arizona State. Give it to me. My wife... Is a little bit younger than me. She's okay. Six years younger. She's 30. I'm 36. Our era, there was a stigma about the women that went to Arizona State. <laughs> is that, am I incorrect? I felt like I was correct. That, that girl, like, girl, like, why does Arizona State was a party school? Arizona this doesn't even State, have, to, have to be like a women thing. It's like a. It's a known in our generation that if you went to Arizona State, man or woman, you went to a school. That was only about partying. Is I, that not a a known fact to our generation? To me, it is. My wife had never heard of that. And I went, what do you mean you haven't heard of that? This I always thought in State. every one of those lists of top party schools or biggest party, whatever, whatever, whatever list people would come out with, I always thought it was understood that Arizona State was the biggest party school. I didn't think they went to school at Arizona State. I thought they literally went there and to they did party? bad things. Like... Like beer bong one hundred and one and like, shots. I thought girls got wild. Was made in Arizona, in Arizona State. State. <laughs> I that's that was my impression of what they did there. That that's pretty much what I thought. Like if you would have if you would have asked me whether I was 16, 17, 18 years old or even now, like biggest party schools, I'd have wrote down Arizona State. 
but that, that I mean that's that's what we knew. I thought everybody knew that, and yeah, she didn't not. know well, that fact. And I thought that seemed like that was a fact to me, based on like I feel like this isn't something we're pulling out of thin air. Like this was documented on like lists of things. I think the viewers will know. The viewers will be like, yes, but I've also heard like Iowa's a big party school, so I don't think it necessarily has to do with like I've heard Iowa's like a crazy. Iowa's got. I've heard a little bit about that. I've Iowa, heard but, Iowa's got a crazy party. But, scene. I mean, I Arizona State is nationally renowned. For party. As like the party school. You want to come party, you go to Arizona State. That's the way I understood it. Like you will not get a degree in anything. Yeah, you're just, you're going there to party. <laughs> party first, school second. That's what I, listen, I'm not going to disagree with that. Okay, people will know. The, the listeners know. They'll be able to correct us here. Okay, that was good. That was good that you had another Nebraska thought. I mean, do we, I mean, how many minutes are we into this thing? This is good. 40 minutes into this thing. This is great. How about this? I mean, I'm not even going to have to get to some of this stuff. Uh, Real quick, because I went on a long bike ride today. And it was just fantastic because it's just gorgeous weather and you're just like ready to lose your mind whenever it's great weather. But I was listening to uh, Ryan Rosillo and, and Bill Simmons kind of recap All-Star Weekend. And I was thinking of you and I, for some reason, whenever I think of All-Star Weekend, I think of you. Because I used to spend every single All-Star Saturday night at, I feel like I was always be at your house. Yep, but we'd watch base, the three-point shootout in the dunk contest. It was a big deal. Is it is it just a... You know, every there are certain things that are a bigger deal when you're 13 years old than they are when you're 36 years old. But it does feel like the 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 all star festivities of the three point shooter and the dunk contest has like diminished. I got my own theory on it. On you got a lot of theories. Basketball. You're a theory guy today. I've been sitting home <laughs> writing theories. <laughs> <laughs> you've had a theory so you've had a theory on the in-state recruits leaving call me theory on arizona state university and now you got a theory on all-star weekend go go for call it. me call me albert <laughs> einstein because i have lots of theories give me the, give me the all-star theory i think the that something has happened with basketball more than football where no fans to me like it, it is my interest in basketball is it, it dropped tremendously how dare you just because like i don't know there's something with no fans it becomes it's like watching a more like a pickup game interesting and i don't know what it is i'm like you've had a hard time watching basketball without fans Yes, compared to football, like f- I don't think it That's mattered to me with football. It was like football was football, but basketball. I would say the fan engagement in basketball feels more pronounced than the fan engagement with football. Yeah, like basketball, like it, the game, the game is not affected as much as it usually is. And so, like I've been really like I turn the NBA and like I'll watch it. Look and at it's you. Like, I like this. I'm just I, I found my interest level way way down this year in M because my I, I've been liking NBA more than college. Yeah, you're an late. NBA guy. Um, but I mean, college right now is it's hard to watch in general. But NBA is like there's a lot of great players. And I'm just still like without the fans, it takes something away from the game. So this year alone. Basketball, NBA basketball, I'm I'm down on. So like to be excited about the All Star game where nobody's trying, I'm just I didn't even I, give it a. I, I don't second. even know. Like I've never even like I say All Star weekend used to be a big deal when we were growing up. I when I say that I don't even me, you and I weren't too into the All Star game. We were the into the the dunk contest and the three point shootout. Yeah, and. Like I was thinking about the dunk contest, and I've said this before. I've been saying this for years. Like. 
it's just amazing on I don't understand when the dunk contest became like not cool to be in. Like for yeah. the longest time in the eighties and in the nineties, like the best players, Dominique, Jordan, Vince Carter, like those dudes were in the dunk contest. Or the guy that was like I've dedicated my life to wanting to win the dunk contest. Like Harold Ken- Miner would do it, and you'd be like, Kenny Skywalker, you yeah. know, like, like, but you can't have a situation where, like, the, okay, Obi Toppin is like playing for the Knicks, but like, Emphony Simons and Cassius Stanley, Cassius Stanley, uh, Cassius Stanley, like, barely even plays. Can't you know, like, you can't have, uh, God, what's his name? There was a guy that played at Cincinnati that was on the Knicks that, like, Literally was like at, back and forth from the G League and was in, James White. Yeah. James White was in the dunk contest. Like, you got to get the top guys back in the dunk contest. Like, why would Zion not be in the dunk contest? Explain that to me. I don't know, and and that's the problem is is it's it's like there's this really good thing about the player empowerment movement, but there's also something really bad where. They think they of their lose. brand too much or something like that. But yeah, I it's like okay, so how, okay, mm. so Zion goes and loses the dunk contest to Cassius Stanley. Do you're telling me his brand takes an enormous hit? No, because it doesn't at all. Because like you'll watch it because Zion's doing it and his brand will grow. That's why to me, to me, it's like if I'm Zion and I'm and it's like let's say I'm in Zion's agency group. I would view the dunk contest for Zion as like, hey, man, this isn't everything to win, nothing to lose kind of a scenario here. You go to the dunk contest and you lose. I don't think it, like, hurts your brand. And But if you, like Steph Curry, already solidified himself as the greatest shooter of all time. He does the three-point shootout. He wins it. And, and Cowherd's leading his show with it. Yeah. People are leading, like, they're talking about it. And this guy's already established himself. Like... I just cannot believe that LeBron James is going to retire and had never he's never going to do the dunk contest. Zion, I think if he's not going to do it now, he's never going to do it. And I just don't understand it. I just don't. It boggles my mind. There's just something to this. It, 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 I, I swear it all goes back to the one and done. Like, it's all this, like, it's all about this, like, all right, you got to get there, and then you do this, and now it's like, like they're so ahead of their actual accomplishments. That's, such right? a, that's a perfect so way to put it. So it's like, I'm going to put myself on minutes before I'm ever a good player. It's like, what do you mean you're going to put yourself on minutes before you're good? Like, LeBron James can put himself on minutes because he's LeBron James. <laughs> Tim Duncan can do that because he's guy. He's just trying to survive. Like, you're in your third year and you're putting yourself on minutes or something. I'm like, it blows my mind. Like. You're getting paid $25 million to entertain people playing basketball, but you take it as, well, I'm a $25 million asset, so I can't, I can't play. Right. And I'm like, that, you're that's looking interesting. at it that's wrong. A, that's an interesting way to put it. It's, it's a – there has been this – because of people viewing themselves as brands and assets and, and, assets and viewing I'm, – I'm not anti-viewing the big picture of things. Like, I think that's a worthwhile thing to always view, but I think – you said it perfect. People are viewing themselves past a point that they actually are. Yeah, you got to get like before like at the end of the day, Zion. About- you you could if you left basketball tomorrow, no you no like, one would no care one about would you. Really, you really. I mean, like anything. and I like you didn't really do anything, dude. Like, like the best you, thing you got going for you is you got like pogo stick legs and you're two ninety. Like, but guess what? In three years, you might not be able to jump. I mean, so you should go show off. 
your pogo stick jumping ability while you got it. I just don't under I don't understand how someone like Zion's not in the dunk contest. Like that that it almost and there's no way to do it, I guess, but like I feel like the league should be like the league should be in charge of like who's in the three point shootout and who's in the dunk contest. They should have to be the ones to appoint who's in and who's not. It's just like it's it's amazing though, like the opposite happened. Like the more money you pay somebody, the more power they have to just not do anything. Right. I mean, <laughs> like yeah. when you're get when everybody gets paid like one maybe to that's five what million, it is too. Like you're like, oh dude, I'll, I'll go do the dunk contest and make fifty thousand. But like when you're making thirty million, you're like a million dollars to the winner of this is not or, worth. Or my you time. know, it's a good point though that with the All Star Game, like. Or the all-star dunk contest and all that stuff. Like, I guarantee when, like, Dominique and Jordan had their epic duel and dunk contest, like, that meant a lot for marketing dollars and all that stuff. Like, it it mattered because the salaries weren't what they they were. They weren't near as good. And so I also think, yeah, like, the the best thing that's happened is, like, the explosion in salaries, but the ramifications of that of, like, are things like what we're talking about. If guys aren't the top – I mean, you just go look at who is in the dunk contests and all that stuff. It was, like, a lot of the top – sure, you had your D Browns and all that stuff that weren't necessarily great players, but, like, so you've had a lot of who's who Kobe, guys. Kobe did it Kobe when he did it. Out, yeah. Like, Vince Carter did it. Jordan did it. Dominique did it. Dr. J did T-Mac it. I think T-Mac did it. Larry Bird – Larry Bird – when did Larry win the, win the three – point shootout when did he a couple like, years in a row i think he did. i mean like, like and larry, larry had he's doing larry had the epic the epic story of when he walked into the locker room for the three-point shootout and he said so which one of you guys are getting second i mean that i mean that's just great like that's where <laughs> legends are made guys like <laughs> just drives me legends nuts. are made it drives me nuts we will but uh it's just it's this we're living in this world of like when you that's when such a good point though when it's you a, get so much money and so much like value in yourself like you end up being like protect the value you do nothing and it's like it's so counterintuitive it is, we- it is weird it's like, like yeah you're 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 if you don't pay anybody anything they like they work you, you try that much harder and you like you do more to like to succeed in a weird way yeah it's almost like a a, a shoe company startup that's had good a good two years starts to think of themselves as nike when they've only had two good years or yeah, a like, good year. It's like, you're not Nike yet. Or I think I'm going to be Nike and everybody's everybody's projecting me to be Nike, so I don't do that. It's like, I don't need to do that. It's what? Like, I, I, don't, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I'm like, how is Zion, how is Zion not in the dunk contest? I mean, even like, who was it? It was like, uh, was it Kawhi or Paul George that they had on like minutes? Well, Kawhi's been on load management forever. I mean, I mean. It was somebody I can't remember. It was maybe like a couple of weeks ago, and it was like they. I think Teron Liu was the coach. Who was who is he? Who is he coaching for? Right he used the Clippers. I think it was Paul George, and I literally think it was like, <laughs> like well, there was like about, two minutes left in the game, who, and they like oh they hit their minutes like they had made a comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and they, and they stop and right. they take him out, and I'm like, there's two minutes left in the game. Right. Like, remember what I are mean, you talking about? Even uh who. I might be way off on this. Is it Steven Strasburg's the good pitcher for the Nationals? Mm-hmm. He they had him on, early on in his career on like a a pitch count inning limit, and he hit it as they were like pushing towards the playoffs, and they were like, "Do we keep?" It's like, "What?" what yes, like, that's I mean, what you're there for. Like, I I don't I just yeah. There's this again. I I like that people are th- like a part of viewing all these things 
helps a guy like LeBron James maybe extend his career of thinking about like, hey, you got to manage your body, all this stuff. But like, at, at, sometimes you can outthink yourself for yeah, certain if, things if you, too. If you even like, if it's two minutes to go in the game and you and you're like, it, it's a one score game and you're like, well, we've we've decided hit our limit. Hit the minute. Like, you got to build some flexibility and be like, this is the sport. We're playing the sport. The sport is to win the game, to entertain the fans. Like, do that. Totally And then, agree. you know what? Figure out the, the, the minutes stuff later. Play two less minutes next game. But, like, don't. Or two minutes isn't going to kill you. That's that's the point. Like it, it's and it's like a dunk doing contest, the dunk like, contest how is, is that like a rite of passage. Like do the dunk contest your first two years. Yeah, I mean, people would have watched the dunk do contest it. if you knew Zion was going to be in it. Yeah, it should be the like the the every year like the two best rookie dunkers and the two best sophomore dunkers right are going at it. it. You know, I mean and that's then, how it should what? be. You graduate on and let somebody else earn it. But just, you, there has to be this like earn your place thing that doesn't exist now it's all like man i'm too i don't need to do nah, that I, I, don't, I don't need to do that check like, out I my brand like you know check out my brand yeah it's like okay all right that's fine with me i suppose but i just couldn't believe that i love I getting old because this is how we talk now. i know this is good well we'll well, sp- well speaking of being old we'll be ret- we'll kind of be uh you know look back here as we wrap this up it's march it's march madness on the horizon let's let's have a little Mar- march madness kind of nostalgia as we wrap this up as we're about an hour into this bad boy buddy um we have the ncaa tournament in i mean almost 10 days from now ish do you have favorite NCAA tournament moment in your lifetime and i'm gonna rather than saying a certain from 2000 on like I'm going to leave it up to you of when you felt like you could digest what you were watching. Like, yeah, we were, okay, the Leitner shot, we were freaking like, what, six years old? Like, we don't, I don't remember, like, I remember remember watching, I I remember it. I remember the Fab Five. I remember watching, I remember watching Miles Simon and and Jason Terry in 97. I remember all the, I remember Cornelius Williamson in Arkansas in 94. Like, but I don't think I appreciated it. So I guess you can take it how you want. Do you have a favorite NCAA tournament moment? Anything? I mean, you can. It can be a team. It can be a a game. It can be like what? Well, what? My memories run uh, early deep, deep in the '90s, uh, early 2000s. I was lucky enough. I went to two final NCAA Final Fours. Who was in it when you were there? What years were you like? What, so the the Florida Florida Michigan State. So it was Mateen Cleaves versus Mike Miller's Florida team. So it was, it was Mike Miller, Teddy Dupre, I believe. Teddy Dupay. Dupay. Yeah, yeah. Teddy Dupay. So Mateen Cleaves and Morris Peterson and all. Yeah. Like the, year, so, the year they won it. Yeah. So Mateen you won were at that the year. year though. Oh yeah. Yeah. So me me and a buddy of mine, Mark Heisers, we we snuck down the student section. We put we literally found. <laughs> pom-poms michigan state pom-coms put them on our heads like we were and they thought we were in the student section so we just ran down there we were third row oh my god it's unbelievable and this is another great story um the year before was the um the duke year yeah where duke came back remember duke was came back on maryland from down like 20 and they end up when they had dunleavy jason williams yeah Booze. I mean, so I got to watch some really great basketball. Oh but this is a story I don't know. If you even knew this story. Uh, I'm sitting there, like up in the bleachers, up in the rafters, in between games or something, just kind of mess around. 
and then like all of a sudden like I turned like I just felt somebody standing above me. I turned around, I looked. It's Muhammad Ali. What? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever told you no. this. It's Muhammad Ali. Just standing there, just standing this. there looking at me, and you know he kind of does the yeah, this point yeah, he had yeah, Parkinson's. Like fist he's doing the fist the, thing. Like, yeah. He's doing the fist thing. What? He hands me a card. It's a what? card of him, and it's signed. What? Yeah. I'm uh, Nick. I don't know why. What? I I don't know. I never told you this. What? Muhammad Ali just like appeared. So you he gave you his autograph kind of. A gave thing? me his autograph card, and I I gave it to a charity auction um the american heart association yeah. charity auction yeah. this is like what? a handful of years ago I, I donated that as one of the the auction items but holy shit muhammad ali just appeared how about how, i can gave me an autograph and there's i was just very few things in your life that i don't know about and i can't believe i don't know i don't know why it was just it was one of those it moments didn't make the cut huh well, it was just like it was one of those moments. I don't know how you just how you describe it. I mean, like he appeared, he shook his hand, he gave me the fist, handed me an autograph card. Wow. But I didn't even have, I just I was like, oh, this is great. And it disappeared. Walked That's, away. Wow. But Muhammad Ali made an appearance in my life and I was just like That's pretty that's pretty big time. It was it was like a moment it was just a moment where it was like, I don't know how what this means. It happened. And that was it. And I don't know that I ever really like thought about it past that. That's pretty ma- like. Well, you probably. Well, here's the thing: is like when you're little, you don't appre- like you don't have enough life experience, and uh, you just don't appreciate yeah, stuff. Probably. I think, I, was, I think it was in ninth grade. So I mean, I was literally like, I was like, I mean, this, like, I was you, like, this you, is you, amazing. You realize it was amazing, but there's a difference between re- like. I mean, again, you know the story of when I met Michael Jordan yeah. at Michael Jordan basketball camp. Like, I appreciated that, but I don't. I feel like even now, I would appreciate that more. I mean, it's different when you're 12 or 13 years old, or yeah, you, you know, know, 14, 15 years old. That's crazy. So yeah, that that's my. I got to see some Being unbelievable Final basketball yeah, games at the Final Fours. Yeah, met Muhammad Ali, and um, yeah, but I think that those 90s, I, it it doesn't get any better than those those Kentucky teams in the 90s, those North Carolina teams, uh, the, the Arizona. Duke teams. The Arizona Duke, was really I mean, good with Miles Simon gosh, and Mike Bibby good, and Jason Terry, and I don't know. know if it gets better than that 90s. March Madness. It was really good. I mean, they there was a stretch when Kenyon Martin and Cincinnati were the one seed, and then Kenyon Martin, I think, broke his leg. Uh, was nuts. Ron Mercer was a great player at Kentucky. Kentucky, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, because I wrote down. I still think the best college basketball team in my life is the 2001 Duke team with Battier, Jason Williams, Chris Duhon, Carlos Bruiser, Mike Dunleavy. Like, insane. They, they were there was great. an ESPN Classic game three or four months ago of 2001 Duke and I'm watching it and it is it was insane how good first of all Jason Williams Jason Williams was an, an too unbel- bad he got hurt I know because that guy was a- gonna be a really really good player yeah um I feel like I can't help but for me because I know I knew everybody on that team personally the 2008 Chalmers shot against Memphis to take it to OT and then they win it in OT. It's hard for me to not have that that's probably, be my... That's probably one of my favorites. Um, that was a crazy final minute. Yeah, like the, that it, That team was one of my favorite, like 
moments from anything past 2000, like like the later years. Yes, that's probably the last time I was like, man, this is unbelievable. Because even the I even thought the two the two Florida teams that won back to back titles are pretty good. With Joe Kim Noah and Joe Al Keem. Horford, those yep. two 06, 07 are good, and then the 2008 KU uh, Chalmers shot. But also when I was thinking about individual runs, that was also the year that was Steph's run. That was a good year. Because that was our first introduction to, like, I had I had heard about Lil Curry and I had maybe seen him on like ESPN a couple times, but like, I I looked it up. So here's because step because do you realize Davidson lost to KU? Yeah, in the Elite Eight, but he was balling. He was balling. Day. So here's he so he had Steph in his his 2008 NCAA tournament. He had 40, 30, 33, and then 25 to KU and lost. And like that KU team. Sharon Collins, Mario Chalmers, Russell Robinson, Brandon Rush. Like, he is lighting these guys up. Yeah, that, that showed everybody, like, this guy, that showed me at least. I, I, I was like, this guy can play with anybody. That's, I, I, there are certain guys, because we've seen guys have good NCAA tournaments. But there was something about the way he did it that was like, even though, yeah, he was had no muscle, he had a baby face, you were like, this is special because there's a here's the thing the NCAA tournament does that I'm hoping they'll still even do this year is even if a, a season is blah electricity will happen in the NCAA tournament there'll be like two or three guys that come out of nowhere that you don't even really know and then there'll just be something that happens when they get in that tournament where they go this it's guy's happening. on right. fire right and they'll just like it will just happen, and then they'll just they'll rise to the occasion, and you just don't see that as much anymore. Where guys rise to these occasions and elevate everything about the game, and that's and the more, great. And part. it's really fun when they're from a mid major. It's really fun from it when smaller it's smaller like, schools. You know, yeah. like T.J. Sorrentine from Vermont beat Syracuse, and remember, you know, Soren, Gus Johnson had the great line of Sorrentine from the parking lot when he hit a deep like, yeah. three against the zone. Uh, like that's always fun when it's a when it's a mid-major, but it's like when Steph had four in the first round against Georgetown, he had 40. It was like... And 40 in the college is a lot. You, it is one of those, like, you're texting everybody, like, are you fucking seeing this? Yeah. I think are you seeing this? 40 like, And 40 15 years ago is a lot harder than 40 now, oh, probably. I mean... It, With it, the space and pace, it gets it's a little bit easier, but back then, if you got 40, you were out of your gourd. Yeah, it's you probably. I don't know if you remember. There was an the infamous 2004 Arizona Illinois game where Luke Walton and those guys got up big, but then Darren Williams, D Brown, Luther Head came roaring yeah. back. It's an unbelievable. It's one of the best NCAA tournament games you'll ever see. That was a game that was that sticks with me. Uh, Wally Zerbiak getting hot in those yes uh, 90s games. Um, what was the other one? I was just. I think we talked about a little bit ago. Um, who did Utah play? Whereas Keith Van Keith Horn, Keith Van Horn, and and uh, Andre Miller. Andre Miller. That yeah. team was like it was really good, sneaky good. Yes, Rick Kalura was yep. the coach. No, Rick Majerus. Majerus. Yeah, Rick Majerus. Majerus yes. was the coach. Right. Who yes. did they play? What was the they played? Oh, they beat somebody in in like no. They lost in or they in, lost uh, to who? Who did they? Was it Kentucky? Yes, that sounds right. It was Utah and Kentucky. Utah, that it, was a great game. Too. Yes, oh, there's just man. been some man. There have been some some epic 
games over the years, and I hope we're I hope we get something like that because I mean, Who, uh, Nick. So so I'm I I I've you want me to give you a player some, to watch? Give me give me sort of your feel for how this tournament's going to go. Uh, I do think there's a significant gap between like Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan a little bit. Like I think there's a gap. Like those three teams, those and a three gap. and everybody else. Mainly Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga. Like when these dudes hook it up, it's fucking a wrap. Yeah, like they're way better than everybody. Um, but the guy, what's crazy is, and they might be like an eight or a nine seed. Have you seen Cade Cunningham play? No. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Plays for Oklahoma State. No, I've not. So Oklahoma State got caught up in that FBI stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They got put on a one-year postseason ban, but they appealed it. And the NCAA is yet to rule on the appealing. Until they rule on the appealing, they are eligible for the postseason. So right now, like there was a tweet today like, hey, Okie State is heading to the Big 12 tournament, still haven't heard anything. So it's going to be up until the the last minute where they don't know if Oklahoma State's even eligible or not. And I'm just telling you, if this dude gets in, now he reminds me of like Grant Hill. Yeah. So he's not like a Steph, like he's like a 6'8", do-it-all, point-forward, control the whole game. I'm just telling you, he's the best player in the country. And if he gets in, now they might have a tough path because they might be an eight nine, but like he's the best player in the country. Yeah, somebody to watch. That's so, see, Cade. I, if I give you one guy, it'd be him. See, that's my favorite thing about about the tournament, though. It's like you you pick one guy every day just to watch. Yes. Essentially, it's like it, it, yeah, it, right, right. Who's the must see? Who's the must see TV? Yeah. I mean, two years ago it was Zion. Like, yeah, getting to watch Zion was like wow, this is amazing. Right, like you get to watch every every moment. He brought electricity. Right. Or you but get a Jimmer for debt. Or a Jimmer. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't always have to be the best, like the number one pick, but it's somebody that brings the electricity and you gotta find that guy. And you always do a really good job of saying, watch this guy. And, I always, <laughs> and the guy always like, you know, he goes, goes bananas. Off. Yeah. But I'm just telling you. But Cade's got a weird get. Cade might not like he doesn't it's weird. He doesn't he's really patient. Like he's not gonna just like you know one of those guys that's hyper aggressive, but yeah. like, man, he knows how to play. Like, but so it'll be interesting. Like if they, if, if Okie state doesn't get knocked with this official like appeal and they're out, like they got the best player in the country. Like you got the best player in the country. You got a shot. So there you go. Uh, we're an hour into this thing. Should we wrap it up? I mean, it it's up? midnight right now. I mean, it felt like we started. It was light out. It's now dark out. We're in the screen and deck. It's perfect. Like, could the weather be any more perfect oh, right now? Great. Like, okay. So it is 66 degrees right now. Don't mind oh, that. This is just so good, isn't it? All right, man. It. Well, this was this was long overdue. Um, people are gonna have to interact with us if they like that we cash the bottle of wine pretty much prior to doing the pod. I think it led to Bo. You had theories. It led. It led. Apparently, Bo. Einstein. <laughs> Einstein entered my brain, and I got theories. Everyone. I feel like I this like pod it. was like I present a topic. You saying I have a theory on that. I have a theory. <laughs> Excuse me, mister. I've been in the lab all day. I I have a theory. Oh, man. You had a lot of theories, and I heard a story about you and Muhammad Ali that I've never heard before. So that's it. That, you know what? This a, that means it was a good podcast. Okay. We'll do it again soon. Let's not wait like a couple months in between wine pods. All right, pal? Let's do it. Okay. Appreciate everybody for listening. Peace.
All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.